You are listening to You Heard It Here Second, Episode 8, made possible by Rich Homie Frog. Rich Homie Frog reminds kids to stay in school and remain above the influence. Visit at rich underscore homie underscore frog on Instagram and MySpace for study tips and fashion advice. The podcast is produced every Monday night and airs every Tuesday morning. More information can be found on our website, derekandsteve.com. Basically, the structure of our show is a very cheesy football metaphor. The NFL is trending down, way, way down. Derek and Steve present... I am going to say that a hot dog is not a sandwich. I would go 0 for 26 before I went 0 for 8. You heard it here second. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 8 of You Heard It Here Second with Derek and Steve. I'm Derek, alongside Steve. Steve, how's it going? It is going great. We have a very good podcast for you. Big podcast. Um, And that's not a lie. I actually think this is one of the best podcasts. Definitely top 10 podcasts for sure. Yeah, easily top 10. uh, No doubt about that. Maybe top 5. Might be top 5. Could be top 1. We've hyped this one a little bit. We have. Um, So, uh, once again, thanks to our sponsor, Rich Homie Frog. Uh, For our opening kickoff, we're just going to go over the uh, agenda for the episode today because uh, we have a pretty packed agenda. I think we're going to go with three periods today instead of the normal four quarters because we have a very important segment uh, yes. in the second period, which we're going to be talking about. So uh, first period, as usual, we'll go over our sports. Obviously, the game of the year coming up, as every year, is the Super Bowl. Uh, that's coming up. We'll give you our predictions, which we gave you last week, but a few more uh, bold predictions from us. Go over some uh, all-star stuff and uh, – Basically, that's going to entail the first period before we move into the second period. Mm-hmm. Second period will be that special guest that we've we've teased uh, to many friends and family along the way. Um, I, I'm still not going to reveal it. You might already know it from the uh, description of the Instagram post or yes. however we're, we're posting this. But um, I'll let it be a surprise. But it is a special semi-celebrity guest. Um, and it, it's an excellent inter- interview. It really is. So I'm really excited to, to pass that along. Absolutely. And then the third period, we'll finish as usual with our uh, television pop culture kind of segment. Um, We have our two consistent topics, which are The Bachelor and Making a Murderer of late. Uh, And then we also have a few uh, fan reactions that we want to read off as well as uh, a few other movie topics that I had uh, planned. So (laughs) so basically, uh, that's going to be the schedule for today. Uh, And without further ado, we'll get into the first quarter. So sorry, the first period. So, uh, Steve, last week we made our Super Bowl predictions. We did. uh, On the air in front of everyone. In front of everyone. And so you said the Broncos would win this Super Bowl 20 to 17. Mm -hmm. I said the Panthers would win 29 to 16. So, you know, good spread of predictions there. Uh, first of all, before we go into any bold predictions, do you have any revised thoughts on the game? Do you have any overall opinions about media week, about what's leading up to the Super Bowl? Just any thoughts that have changed since last week? I think it's actually been relatively quiet, um, which considering the type, I mean, I guess Manning's always been a, a quieter guy, but considering that Cam Newton is going to Super Bowl, which which is kind of surprising that he's not hyping everybody up, but I guess it, it speaks to his work ethic that he's he's not really flashy. He, they're, they're all focused. Both teams are focused. Um, I think it's going to be a pretty good Super Bowl. I, I'm going to revise my um, prediction a little bit. I still think the Broncos win, but I'm going to say 27-20 Broncos. Um, we okay. have some bold predictions, sort of bold predictions, I guess. Um, but we'll go over those. What are you going to revise yours, or do you? Still uh, no, no, I'll stick with my uh, with my blowout. score prediction. The 20, 20 a semi blowout, 29-16. 
Uh, two touchdown win, a little less than two touchdowns. Some strange scoring, some field goals, maybe some two point conversions. We'll see what happens. Sour Patriots um, grapes is what you are. <laughs> and so uh, I will say about uh, what you mentioned there with Cam is that it's very, very interesting the way that he uh, is so per- is so polarizing on one end, and then like you said, he kind of isn't making a lot of big waves this week with with any headlines. I, he d- he did make some headlines with his comment about how he's an african-american quarterback and mm-hmm. people haven't seen anything like what he is before uh but aside from that you know when he answered that in interviews he kind of stepped back from it a little bit he said he didn't mean for it to come off that way and speaking of that i'll yeah. interrupt you fun fact can you name the if he wins he would be the third african-american to win a super bowl african-american quarterback can you mm-hmm. name the other two one's really hard one's really easy uh russell wilson that is one is one um, you're not going to get the other. I probably won't get the other, huh? Nope. Uh, I, I can't think of it. The answer my is head. Doug Williams. Doug Williams. I yeah. would not have gotten that. Yeah, for the Redskins. <laughs> um, so, th- so there you go. The other. So he, he has a, he has a point. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he does have a point, and I, I think uh, you know, I don't want to get into that that whole conversation yeah. of of what Cam said about the the whole race factor and everything else. But uh, what I do think is, like you said, is that Cam has. For whatever his persona is and whatever his flashiness persona is, he has a work ethic that is showing this week that, he, you know, he mentioned it in his interviews is that their goal is to stay in their groove. Their goal is to stay in whatever has gotten them to be 17 and one thus far. And they're trying to finish off this 18 and one season. So uh, one little fun fact is that if the Panthers can complete the 18 and one season uh, to uh, as a champion, they'll be the first championship 18 and one team. Uh, since the 1985 Bears, which Ron Rivera was on as a linebacker. Oh, that is a fun um, fact. So, so a good fun fact there. The last three teams to assemble 15-plus wins in the regular season have all fallen short of the Super Bowl, uh, being the 4 Steelers, the 7 Patriots, and the 2011 Packers. So the Panthers have some pressure riding on them, but you know, like Cam said, they're kind of doing a good job of staying in their, in their rhythm and not making splashes media-wise. Uh, to throw them off of their game to try to you know c- close out this eighteen and one season. Um, so my bold prediction for the game, and it's not even that bold as it was pointed out to me earlier, but um, I think Luke Keekley has another pick six off Peyton Manning, who who's basically throwing ducks. It's just a ma- he just has to basically make two or three good throws and and hope his defense can hold. Um, so, but I do think one of those throws gets picked off by uh, Luke the Freak Keekley, um, the Lukeness monster, um, and also, but I. This is the bold prediction. I think Peyton Manning wins an OT touchdown drive. So an overtime touchdown. So I'm gonna I'm gonna adjust. I'm gonna say twenty six right, right. twenty because okay. they don't actually have to kick the extra point. Right. Okay. There, there you go. That that's a good adjustment. I was about to ask you about that one on the fly. So so there's the bold prediction. Two a pair of bold predictions. One a little bit more bold than the other. Uh, although you know. Uh, offline, you got a little bit of crap for saying this wasn't a bold prediction, but I think that a I think a third straight pick six in the yeah. playoffs is, is relatively bold. That's kind of bold. Um, so I mean that that's, that's a tough feat for Keekley to to accomplish. Bolder that. than your dumb prediction. <laughs> Yours is boring. Um, so so my bold prediction is that uh, and and we uh, we mentioned this a little bit last week on the podcast. Uh, my bold prediction is that the read option is going to be a big part of this Panthers offense this week. Um, that's not that bold in the sense of the Panthers run the read option, but in the sense of a Super Bowl winning offense. I don't think we've ever seen a Super Bowl winning NFL offense do it through the read option. And and so in general, I don't think that's the best way to to play offense in the NFL. I don't think that it's the most effective and 
in general, the Panthers have needed to turn to other ways. They've needed to make sure they can air the ball out when they need to. They'll, you know, kind of line up in a power formation and ram it down your throat when they need to. Um, but the way that I see this unfolding is kind of what I mentioned about the Broncos and the way that they attacked the Patriots was with those extremely, extremely talented defensive ends. And I can see the Panthers trying to nullify that advantage a little bit by potentially leaving one of those guys unblocked and, and going out and targeting them with the read option because I have no clue how good Von Miller is at defending a read option or DeMarcus Ware. And yeah. if Cam and Jonathan Stewart are good enough at it and they're on the same page with it, you can basically take that guy out of the defense. And obviously you need to do it in doses. You can't rely on it entirely because the rest of the Denver Broncos defense is also very good. This isn't a J.J. Watt situation where there's one good player on that defense. But um, I do think that you know, bucking the trend from what other Super Bowl offenses have looked like in the past however many years. I think that the Panthers are a heavy run team, and they might incorporate a lot of read option in this win. And to uh, go back to the record talk, uh, I think that Cam can break Steve McNair's Super Bowl record oh, yeah. for rushing yards by quarterback, which is 64 yards. I think that's very beatable. It's easy. Uh, and so that's the other piece of my somewhat bold prediction is that Cam's going to beat that record uh, um, en route to a win. And he kind of jumped off my, which was my first bold prediction, which was that I picked my super bold prediction was that uh, Peyton Manning breaks the all-time Super Bowl rushing record. Um, for career, not one career, game. not yeah, no for for the Super Bowl, um, but not for a QB, but for a running back as well. So he he eclipses 250 rushing yards <laughs> in the Super Bowl. That that is bold. Now that is a lot bolder. Now than, that's than your a bold prediction, prediction, Derek. So. That's how you lay down a bold prediction. <laughs> um, one topic that uh, I want to quickly touch on: um, Super Bowl commercials. Uh, they've been pr- kind of yeah. lame recently. I think um, a lot of brands are trying really way too hard. Um, instead of just coming out and making hilarious commercials like it used to be. Um, but if you had to guess, how much does a 30-second spot cost for the Super Bowl? Uh, and you've looked up that number for this year? I know the number. Uh, that's a good question. You know, in past years, I would have guessed, you know, I can remember when it when it was surprising that it passed a million dollars. You know, I remember that being surprising. I'm going to say a 30-second ad in this year's Super Bowl, if I was going to guess, I would say... 10 million. Ooh, a little off. 5 million. 5 million. Yeah. So, listeners, for the small price of $5 million, <laughs> you can sponsor Derek and Steve. You heard it here second Super Bowl commercial. Hey. That is chump that, change for the, the return on investment. And you know, and, and if Super Bowl Sunday isn't your thing, and you'd rather maybe go for like Super Tuesday or something. We might even cut that price down. Cut it in you half. Know, thir- I'll give you a full minute ad, not just 30 seconds, for a fifth of that price. Yeah. $1 million. That's $1 it. $1 million. So Easy there enough. you go. Offers on the table. Yeah. Um, any closing thoughts on the Super Bowl? Um, no, I'm excited. I mean, we've talked enough about it. Um, I'm looking forward to, to honestly, it, it's kind of weird not disliking either team. It's kind of, yeah. it's a win-win situation, which is nice. Um, but no, I think it's going to be a good game. I think Peyton Manning, he's going to, He's going to win a Super Bowl go and retire, and he's going to go out and have it, the best legacy in football, it, it, and Peyton, Pat's <laughs> fans are going to keep crying. It's going to be it, great. It would be poetic for Peyton if he can go out on top. And actually, a win here, like we alluded to a couple weeks ago, a win would, would bring Peyton to a, a winning record in the playoffs in his career, 14-13, and 13, yeah. which would be a huge hill that he's been trying to get over his entire career, really. I mean, I mean as he's, far as I mean, shedding he's that already, reputation. He's already over a few hills. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> this true. This would be an interesting one. That's true. So we'll see what happens, and we'll obviously break it down for you guys next week. 
uh, after the Super Bowl has transpired. But for now, we will leave that topic behind us, and we will move to one of the other major topics that was this weekend, which was... I wouldn't say major. uh, Well, major... It it was major out of what was going on this weekend, because there's no football. Um, But the uh, NHL All-Star Game and the uh, Pro Bowl were both this past weekend, and I think varying levels of success when it comes to uh, their attempts at those. So uh, I want to start with the NHL All-Star Game, which had a new format. For those of you who don't know... Uh, the new NHL uh, All-Star format with four divisions in the NHL. They recently realigned uh, two years ago, I believe. And so now instead of really just a big Eastern Conference and a Western Conference team, they have four All-Star teams for the Atlantic, the Metropolitan, the Pacific, and the Central. Um, So those four teams basically participated in uh, three-on-three games. Uh, The Eastern Conference teams faced each other, then the Western Conference teams faced each other, and then the winners faced each other. Um, So a lot of good feedback from this format. Um, Uh Now, one thing I'll say that we were watching this over the weekend, and it took way too long. Way too long. There was a lot of stoppages, a lot of intermissions, performances like we've noticed before (laughs) these events. Full full concerts. Full concerts, like before the the National Anthem's even played. So there's definitely stuff to improve on there. But the format itself and the game itself, hugely positive reviews from everything I've read from the NHL circles, Hmm. um, which is kind of tough to do nowadays, to appease a crowd for an all-star format. Um, but, uh, so, so I, I want to talk about that and also the Pro Bowl format. Let me say this. It, it is hard to appease the crowd for an all-star format, although it should be the easiest thing in the world. <laughs> yeah. you, you've got everybody's favorite players playing the sport and, that they love. Make them do something fun. Yeah, Don't make them, I mean, that's why this three on three thing made sense. It yeah. made more goals, more, more attempts, like more, I, I was just, you got Wide to see, open. Yeah, yeah, you got to see players do what they're there to do, which is skills yeah and and it's funny actually because i can remember back in the day when we were growing up you know 10 years ago i can remember that all-star games had a lot more mojo around them yeah and i've always thought about why that's not the case anymore i don't know if it's the fact that you know social media and the media in general makes us so overexposed to these guys that it's no longer interesting to see these guys at an all-star game because i i can remember wanting to see who else was in the all when one of your when one of your favorite teams players made the all-star made the all-star game you were really intrigued to see that player go perform against a lot of these other guys and now it just doesn't you know these leagues all have to be able to get around that challenge of what to do Um, but before we get to that i do want to quickly talk about the john scott story because that was one of the big storylines in the nhl it's a good story um, which you know john scott a not a very talented player scored like one goal he had five goals in 285 games, I remember was the stat that uh, they they displayed on the All-Star broadcast, but basically was voted in by popular vote. The NHL kind of put on a, a sort of an under-the-table campaign to make sure he wasn't in the game because he really didn't deserve to be. Uh, then he got traded, which was, again, rumors that it was the NHL's doing. Uh, but eventually, the people's champion wins, and, and John Scott goes to the game. The fans go crazy every time they say yeah. his name. He's the captain of the team. And, and, you know, the NHL even still up to it was, you know, doubting that he could even, you know, fit in at this event. And then he goes out there and scores two goals in the three on three format. It took him just 47 seconds into the first game for him to score. And he wins the MVP, which, you know, maybe other players deserve the MVP. But at that no point, way. at that stage, there's no chance that anyone else was getting that. So just a great story. And for those of you who I mean, we won't talk too much about it, but you should go to the Players Tribune and read the article that John Scott wrote. Uh, I believe it's called A Guy Like Me. And it's a very, very interesting article from his perspective of how this whole thing transpired because it gives you a little bit of an insight into a low-level player who doesn't make a ton of money, who's not the best player, who goes between the minors and and the pros. And just this whole experience of getting voted into an all-star game, having to deal with getting traded, 
to try to keep him out of the all-star game and just yeah. all these conflicting feelings. It's a very good read. And it's, and you were telling me about it. It's a very real story, which is weird to hear from like mm-hmm. you, you uh, put these athletes on a pedestal and like, Oh, he's going to an all-star game. That's awesome. But he got traded. His kids had to go to a different school. Mm-hmm. Like he had to kind of readjust his life because the NFL didn't really want him to play in, in the all-star game, which yeah. really doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Um, it, and then he ends up winning MVP and the, yeah. they lift him up on his shoulders. It's, it, it actually yeah. is a great story. And you talked about the kids and, and you know, he talks about how excited the kids were to hear that he was an all-star. And then it's like, wait, why, why do they not want dad to play in the all-star game? Like yeah. it's, it's just this, it's whole, it's a very grounding type of story. So I would definitely recommend reading that, but uh, moving forward, the on, Pro Bowl on the yeah. other side of the coin, <laughs> on the complete other side of the coin, <laughs> there is the Pro the Bowl. Pro Bowl is still a disaster. Um, you know, we watched some of the Pro Bowl. I don't know why, but why? we did. And uh, again, just just an event that is getting worse and worse. Nobody goes to it anymore. Uh, it was it was funny that Marcus Mariota was actually there and isn't in the Pro Bowl. Yeah, he just <laughs> bought, he, pro- he bought he a ticket, bought a ticket, and he, went he's to he's it. At home, he's, he's like, he's I guess I'll Hawaii. go to the Pro Bowl. Right. Um, but so that leads me to the question, and uh, we'll go through this one kind of quickly, but. How would you change each sports all-star game mm-hmm. uh, or all-star festivities to be able to draw that attention that it should? As you mentioned, it should be not that hard to be able to draw attention to the we'll league's go, best players. I'll go through mine really quick because okay. I, I already know what I think mine are. Um, hockey, I think, is great. The three-on-three was a good switch. I don't really like that it's a, some sort of tournament style now. I, I say just split up two teams, have the best player, like maybe not have as many not players as many in the all-stars. That's fair. Um, and just have them do a three-on-three regular game. Um, I like the skills competition. That should happen in every single sport. Um, football, football should almost be all skills competitions, and then a seven on seven. Mm-hmm. Like offensive linemen can do fun stuff, like shot put or <laughs> or run the forty against each other, or do like funny stuff, yeah. and then and, and have a good time. Instead, they just stand around and basically play f- flag football, which mm-hmm. I would almost rather w- rather yeah. watch. Yeah. Um, basketball, I love. I love the. I mean, I hate the game itself, but I love. The dunk contest, the skills competition, the three point contest, um, and the game is just there because, uh, which is fine. Right. I don't, I don't mind that. Um, and baseball's, baseball's weird because it matters. Um, <laughs> so I, I kind of like that it matters. It's the only one that that actually has a, an impact on the game, which and it, winner it gets home field advantage in the World Series, yeah. which is insane. Yeah. Um. So that it kind of adds a little bit to it. Um. But it is also still. There's no festivities. It's just the game, which I kind of appreciate. Yeah. I mean, the home run derby, and um, but still, if you, if you're in the All Star game, you're you're there to win, which yeah. is which I like. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, that that makes sense. I think for me, I'm going to start with the NHL, and I'm going to agree with you. I don't think the NHL needs fixing right now. Again, it's just the first year. It of this needs new to be. Format, so. I'll say this: in everyone needs to be much less of a production. Oh yeah. It needs to be. Absolutely. Look, we've got the best players in the world the, together. Let them do the sport. The, the skills competition, you didn't watch the night before. I watched the skills competition, and it was actually much, much better in that regard. The skills competition was an hour and a half, and that was it. It was not longer than that. It was an hour and a half long. It ended at 930. It started at 8. It was it was succinct. It, they did the events. There was no huge production with it. It was the opposite of what the All-Star game was the next day. They just yeah. they need to reel that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll say the NHL doesn't need fixing. The NBA, I'm going to say to take the NHL's approach. I'm going to go with the three-on-three tournament. Ooh, that'd be fun. Like street in, in ball? Ba- street ball, basically. Yeah, so the, no le- fouls. The, the leading vote getters, however many teams, maybe four teams, the leading vote getters, the top four or the top six, whatever, are the captains, and they're going to pick their other two street ball teammates, basically. Um, and then three man squads, street ball rules, and play it that way. Tournament no style? Tournament style. That but would no be game, cool. Though. No all star game. That's to replace the game. Yeah. The skills competition, I think, is still good with the dunk contest and the three point contest, all that. I agree with you. I like to keep that. So. 
that's my revised approach for the NBA. It's pretty good, pretty good. For the NFL, I kind of agree. More of a skills competition. You want to see these quarterbacks like throwing into yeah. moving tires and and you know things like that. Like you want to see all that. Um, running backs doing whatever agility drills and like all these different things. Just yeah. basically any skill competition you can come up with. I think football. They is, should be doing. They it. are the peak athletes, yes. like physical specimen athletes, and they need to be doing things yeah. that like I'm, that are. That I'm sitting there, like jaw to the floor, like wow, almost like a like a NFL combine, but yeah. maybe not as like combiney with like measurables, but more like kind of yeah. skill things. So, ooh, um, yep. Finish yours. I got a great. I got a. I've got. A, I'm gonna blow the lid off. This. Okay, cool. So and, uh, NFL, and then like I said, with the game, I agree with you. Seven on seven type of thing, not as much contact. Um, MLB though, I. I really think the MLB has got to get rid of the idea of this game mattering. In principle, I liked it in the beginning. It's just that, you know, pitchers aren't at full strength. A lot of them say no to pitching in it because the most important thing is for their team in the regular season. Um, I, I just don't love that, that that matters. So for baseball, I'm going to say that they should play flag football. That should be the all-star game. I like that. So, so that kind of leads into mine. All-star games should be these players play a different sport yeah. against each other. Mm-hmm. Like, God forbid Kelly Olenek ever becomes an all-star, <laughs> but if he does... Three-point contest. If he does, imagine him like on ice skates against, like I don't know, DeAndre Jordan and, and trying to play hockey, or maybe, um, I don't know, just watching baseball players play basketball or like Jameis Winston, or because like, like, everyone wants to see LeBron James play football. That's your that's your chance. It's true. So it's it's, true. It's, that would get people going. I mean, it wouldn't mean anything. It would purely be for fun, but... Well, I mean, what are sports for then if they're not for fun? Right, I mean, I hate right. that I just said that, but <laughs> the All Star Game should be about fun. <laughs> exactly. So, a lot, a lot of possibilities, a lot of possibilities. Um, but I think certainly the NHL is uh, in the right direction with their new format um, to be able to improve and continue to raise the fan popularity there. It's time for the Rich Homie Frog Hotline. And now it's time for our second period, which is the Rich Homie Frog Hotline. So this is the interview that Steve mentioned, Mm -hmm. which I hope you guys enjoy. It is Sam Vasquez, and we will let Steve take the introduction here and come back with the third period thereafter. And now joining us over the phone, we have a very special guest. Uh, Sam Vasquez, who is the father of celebrity Lala Anthony and also the father-in-law of NBA superstar Carmelo Anthony. Sam, thank you for joining us. Uh, Just so you know, you are our first semi-celebrity guest. (laughs) Yes, it pays to be be the celebrity dad. Yes. (laughs) Um, Cool. So we'll jump right into it. And again, thank you so much. But um, the first question, I'm sure you get this a ton, um, but what were your first impressions of Carmelo? Um, and what is he like off court and away from all the cameras and things like that? I, I think uh, I think you know when people talk about Melo and they talk about his name Melo, that's exactly what he's like. He's just a very laid back kind of easy going guy, you know. Um, the first day, uh, first time I met him, I think it was um, I'm trying to remember exactly. It was I think it was in Orlando, um, and because uh, I lived down in Sarasota, Florida, and he was uh, he was in uh, he was uh, playing. They were playing the Magic, and uh, my daughter had come down, and so I went over to the game. And uh, went to the hotel uh, to meet them, and knocked on the door. And he answered the door, and and here, he, and you know, here I'm standing. I'm five nine. He's you know, four <laughs> foot tall, tall, tall of me. I'm looking at the, the middle of his chest. And I'm like, 
uh, you're very tall. <laughs> that was my that was my first impression. He just laughed, you know. Yeah. He's you know in terms of his personality, he's just a he's a nice guy. He's just an, an all around. I think anybody who knows him will tell you that he's just a, he's just a good guy. You know, he's a nice guy. He's very mellow, no. very low key. He, he's also a lot. He's also a very intelligent guy. You know, he's a. Uh, he, uh, he's involved in a lot of business and ventures and a lot of other stuff, you know, so business ventures and so forth. So he's, he's, a, he's pretty smart. He's a smart kid as well. But, you know, overall, I think that mellows, the mellow uh, moniker suits him really well. Yeah, definitely. He, li- awesome. he lives up to it. That's good to hear. Um, so on the flip yeah. side, even before Carmelo became your son-in-law, obviously, and, you know, a lot more fame came with that. Um, before that, I'm sure you had to get accustomed to your own daughter becoming a famous celebrity in Lala. So what was that kind of like as a parent from a parent's perspective uh, adjusting to the, yeah. to the fame of your daughter. I think I think uh, you know for me being being a dad as well. You know you're very protective of your kids. You know of your children. You're always protective. You know and I you know when she was at on MTV, uh, you know she was one of their top rated VJs for a long time. And you know we we uh, I'd go visit her at MTV studios in you know in Manhattan. And we were walking down the street. You know people you know like la 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 la. <laughs> you know they'd want to take pictures yeah. and they'd want to you know they'd want autographs and you know and I'm standing there thinking. You know, which one of these guys is, you know, crazy? Yeah. <laughs> which one of these people crazy? <laughs> you know, and, and when is it getting to be too much? But, you know, my daughters are very gracious. You know, one of the things about her is that she is also a very down-to-earth person, you know, and she, she hasn't forgotten that, you know, from whence you, you came is where you return, you know. And yeah. um, she, she's, she's that type of person that, you know, she's just, she's, uh, she's just, again, a genuine, a very genuine, nice person. I, I, get, one, I remember one day, uh, we went to uh, we were in a parking lot somewhere in the city, and uh, we went to pick up her car. And the uh, the station attendant, the the, uh, the garage attendant, came down, brought the car down to her, and uh, she spoke to him. And he was Hispanic, obviously, and she spoke to him in Spanish and asked him about his family and everything else. And you could see the look on this guy's face was like, <laughs> "Oh my God, you know, this 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 is a celebrity, and she's interested in my life, you know." And and that's just how she, that's the kind of person she is. So. In, in, in that sense, her and Melo, they're just very, very good down-to-earth people, you know. So, um, but you know, with, as being, a, you know, walking around with my daughter, like sitting in the streets, is, you, know, you tend to be very protective because there's just so many people, yeah, right. You know, right. and and you know, she was easily recognized in those days. The moment she walked out of MTV studios, everybody knew who she was, you know. So that is excellent. Yeah. And and so speaking of uh, celebrity recognition, uh, one thing that did get a lot of press was the Carmelo Anthony Lala Anthony wedding. Um, and ah. how, so a, how was planning that wedding and how, what went into getting that wedding together? And then, um, can you describe the wedding to us, um, and how fun it was and how many celebrities were there and just kind of describe the wedding day in general. Well, the, the, good, the, the good news, the good news is I didn't have to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was, that was the good news. Yeah. Um, it was, it was just a, an absolutely, I mean, it's an amazing event, you know, and, uh, you know the ceremony and just the the venue itself. You know, uh, was was incredible and it was uh, um, just uh, you know. It's, uh, let's see who was there. Uh, Serena Williams was there. Uh, Kelly Rowland, um, uh, Kim Kardashian. I'm just trying to think of who else. There My, were a Mike, bunch of people. There. Mike Rosario was there. <laughs> Mike Rosario was there. Yeah, world's big, world's biggest celebrity. Mike Rosario, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was just uh, there were a lot of people, and it's just uh, uh, Jim Beheim, you know, the, his uh, his former coach was there, and the the owner of the Nuggets was there. Uh, geez, I'm trying to get who else. Um, there was just a ton, a ton of people there, 
you yeah. know, a ton of people there. And it, it was just, it was just, it was just fun. It, you know, on top of everything else, it was a fun wedding. You know, I think uh, with, with all its good, for all its grandeur, uh, it was fun. You know, we just all had a good time. You know, we had a good time. Great. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, a lot of press around that as well. So it's good to hear it was a great time. Um, you mentioned the yeah. owner of the Nuggets was there. That actually leads right into another question I had for you, which was, um, obviously now Carmelo, a member of the New York Knicks. I'm actually curious, uh, how big of a basketball fan are you? And do you follow the Knicks now? Did you follow the Nuggets when Carmelo was there? Or did you have a different favorite team growing up that you kind of maybe developed a conflict I've, of interest I've always with? Been a, I, you, one of the best one of the best days of my life was when Carmelo joined the Knicks because I've always been a Knicks fan. Oh, really? That's I awesome. Go, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm a I'm a you know diehard New Yorker, but you know, in New York was split. Yeah, you're either Yankees, Mets, you know, Giants, Jets, Knicks, Nets. You know, I'm a I'm a Knicks, Giants, Mets fan. You know, nice. so um, I've suffered a lot. Did <laughs> <laughs> you have? Yeah, but but you know, getting things are getting better. Things are getting a little better. <laughs> that's excellent that he joined your favorite team. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was really, it was a really cool thing that he did too. Um, it was just like one of the best things. I actually got to sit uh, courtside once uh, at uh, at um, wow. you know at Madison Square Garden, which you know I remember growing up as a kid. You know, we'd go to games, me and my buddies, and you know, you're sitting up in the nosebleed section and yeah. you're kind of looking down and saying, yeah. you know, what's that? They have a, like an insect problem down there. Where you know <laughs> the game is going on, you're so far up, you can't see anything, and and then you you know you think when is you know when's the game starts? Meanwhile, it's the third quarter. You know, yeah, uh, you know so. Um, but I got to sit on the hardwood, and I actually took a picture of my feet on the hardwood. That is wow. awesome. That, that is was great. that was like, and and, I, and it's one of my <laughs> one of the greatest things. Great, you know, you sit there in absolute awe, and you're like, oh my goodness, you know, I can't believe this is this is happening to me. You know, I'm here. You know, it's just this incredible thing. So, uh, but I've always been a Knicks fan. Always been a Knicks fan. You know, I'm looking forward. They're getting better. I watched, you know, I watched the game last night. They played, played, played a pretty good game, but they lost. But they played a good game, and Melo was hurt. You know, so he didn't play. But so are you? Are you? I've always been a Knicks fan. Are you a big Porzingis fan? Um, when they drafted him, <laughs> I think I was like every other every other Knicks fan. <laughs> yeah. When they when they drafted him, I was kind of like, why are you picking this guy? You know, there's so many other guys. You know, you could pick. You know, I wanted. I was looking for D'Angelo Russell, was yeah. who I would like to have had. But you know, he's not. He's just starting to come on now. I think uh, with the with the Lakers, he's only just starting to come on now. And um, um, but you know, he's. The the one thing I noticed about him right away was his maturity, you know, and he he's he's not uh, he's not afraid of anything. Yeah. Um. He's uh, when he uh, when he started interviewing right from the beginning, he said, you know what? I know people, I know the fans, you know, didn't like the fact that they picked me, but you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna prove them wrong, and he has. Yeah, he's been playing and very well. He's playing exceptionally well. And and a funny story, we went to a we went to a game recently, and my wife is uh, my wife's five foot three. Yeah. And uh, I. And she she's from England and doesn't really know a whole lot about basketball. But so I, I, I um, uh, so I wanted her to take a picture with uh, with with uh, Porzingis. So uh, so so we went we were downstairs in the uh, family room and we got to, she got to take a picture with him and it's the funniest thing because <laughs> she reaches like up to, to up to his belt. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. He's giant. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's a big dude. He's he's tall and skinny. Yeah. Um, and one more one more question for you. Um, do you have any great celebrity stories or? or... I know you've told us a few good stories, but any uh, fun celebrities you've met uh, because of being the parent of a celebrity couple? Yeah, I, you know, uh, at Thanksgiving we were sitting, we had Thanksgiving with uh, uh, with Chris Bosh and uh, yeah. Dwayne Wade because they were in New York for the game, oh, wow. um, and so we so they were all at Law's house, uh, you know, for uh, for Thanksgiving. So that was kind of fun. But I think I remember I remember when back in Denver once I was I was at a game uh, I was at my daughter's house before a game and stuff and 
Um, she, I forget, I forget all the play. Well, Kelly Rowland was there. Um, J.R. Smith. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a few other. Yeah. Uh, there were a few other celebrities there, and uh, they were all just they're they're just like normal people. You know, people think, you know, people think of these celebrities and they they, they want to make them out to be something other than what they are. They're people. Yeah. Right. Right. They're they're people like anybody else, and they want to be treated like everybody else. You know, they want to be they want to be treated you know like like human beings. You know, I think people have a tendency to to be a little too. Um, People can be very aggressive with them, you know, and they think they owe them something. But you know, they're just, you know, like I said, we were I was I was at, at, at the house and they were all hanging out. They were all like a bunch of kids, just yeah. like any other group of young <laughs> people would be would be, you know, hanging out, having goofing and acting silly, and you know, no different than anybody else. So that's excellent. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. Um, well, Sam, thank you again for for joining us. It was it was certainly a pleasure. Um, this is going to be oh, my pleasure. Excellent. This was going to be great for our podcast. You you don't even know it. It's going to be excellent. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad. Glad I could help out. Yeah. And you know, like I said, you know, I think I think the thing, uh, you know, if, if I could say anything about being a, you know, a, a celebrity dad, yeah. is uh, is that you know the, these celebrities, all these celebrities have parents, and and uh, they're you know the the celebrities themselves, they're just normal people. They're people like anybody else. Yeah, you know? exactly. And as kids, you know, my, you know, as they're still they're still my kids, you know. Yeah, so uh, yeah. I mean, and I'm still their dad, and it'll always be that way. So. That's excellent. That, All right. Well, well, thanks, guys. Thanks so much. Tell everyone down in Florida I say hi. Give my best. Uh, will do. Thanks. I'll tell Mikey you said hi. Yeah. The world-famous Mike Rosario. <laughs> yeah, the world-famous. All right. Have a good All one, right, Sam. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, thanks a lot. You have a good day. Bye. And there you have it, Sam Vasquez. So a great interview there, again, on the Rich Homie Frog Hotline. Uh, one of our best interviews yet. I think the best interview yet. Thank you, Sam, again. Um, excellent interview. Excellent guy. Very down-to-earth. Very fun. Um, and I mentioned Mike Rosario as well. Uh, for those of you who don't know, he's a family friend. Um, he did help us um, make this interview happen. So thank you, Mike. Um, and again, thank you, Sam. That was that was a lot of fun. And hopefully, I mean, hopefully this gets some traction. Like people yeah. people enjoy interviews like this. I think. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think uh, that's a great start there. And interviews like that are very fun. And it's it's a unique perspective and something that people don't get to hear very often. So I think it, that that was just phenomenal and, and we were telling sam that as we were doing the interview and afterwards it's like our listeners are going to love this because it's just a unique perspective it so, really is um, um, and this is how you get famous it, i mean it's I'm, true I, hey, like it's true you gotta you gotta go big you gotta start somewhere yeah so so that wraps up the second period and now we will transition into the third for uh our tv pop culture topics oh yeah so the third period features another pretty good performance by steve on the bachelor except we don't know everything yet so spoiler alerts again uh, for those of you who haven't watched yet, but we don't know the answers to who's actually going home this episode yes. because they pulled a to be continued on us. They did pull a to be continued. Per usual, I am running hot in the league. Uh, one for one, called Jubilee leaving. I mean, she's way too awkward. You can tell they didn't they didn't like each other after that first one on one date. They just never talked, and then all of a sudden, yep. they both started feeling some tension. Easy out. Yep. Um, I also picked. Olivia to leave, who which is getting, tri- getting which tricky. is tricky now for those for those who haven't seen it and are still listening. Um, she got a rose, but all the girls started telling uh, Mr. Higgins that <laughs> she's be- she's a bully. She's just pushing around and yeah. saying Bru- mean things, which she actually is. Brought Emily to tears, which was kind of eye opening. Yeah. Um. So I think I'm still safe there. I think he pulls the rose. I think she's out. Um, and I'm going to let the next episode happen before I make any more decisions, but cause I don't think he's going to pull the rose from Amanda. 
Oh no, because I have her. Yeah, you had her. You had it. Yeah, yeah, right. So and Leah H or uh, Lauren H. Did she get a rose? Lauren H. uh, Did get a rose. Yeah, yeah. she did get a rose from that day. I've got her maybe in my top three. So I actually, I actually don't think Olivia is going to get her rose pulled this episode. Um, but I, she should. I completely agree. She she should get. She should be out. Shouldn't even have gotten one in the first place. She's a bad, Um, bad lady. But all of the drama that was in the trailer leading up to the next episode makes me believe that she's still there because I don't know. uh, It seems like it would be a huge stress relief from everyone if she was to be sent home. Um, so I think that she's going to stay and I think it's going to get tricky. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it's tough. I, I think, uh, last week we made some predictions for our final three and we both had, uh, I'm all ditching. of our people are still there. I I'm think. jumping off the Jojo but, bandwagon. Yeah, Jojo. I'm off it. Jo- I, I might be off it too. I think Lauren B has taken Jojo's place yeah. on mine. Lauren B, um, Kayla and Lauren H. I'm going to go Lauren B, Kayla and Amanda. I'm going to keep Amanda. I'm going to say this. I think it comes down purely out of producer's choice to Lauren v. Lauren in the final. Mm, and you're going to have to root for H or B. That, that 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 could happen. Yeah. I think that Leah, um, one of the, Le- is there one Leah? Is there two Leahs? There's a few. There's a lot of girls that have L's in their names. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so there could be. Leah, Leah H, I think, is uh, also another sleeper in my book. Um, That's Lauren H, I think. Oh, there's, no, there's Leah, Leah H. H, too. There's oh Leah H, too. Oh, my gosh. But I, I, uh, I do agree. I think JoJo might be slipping a little bit. Um so that's something to keep an eye on, uh, for we, sure. Also, we talk about this like it's sports. Like it's, I, <laughs> we gotta, this has got to wrap up. I, I, the Bachelor talk is getting to us. It's, I think it's it. it we're, we're talking about performances and, yeah. and who's uh, who's rattled and who's not. Yeah. Um, Lock, so, like a good locker room, <laughs> locker room bachelorette. So before we move on, I want to uh, read a few of our uh, listeners who are into the Bachelor. Um, who actually, there might only be one quick thing on The Bachelor. Uh, most of it is about making a murder, which we're going to get to. But, yeah, and it's um, the only we, thing we yeah. really, really love your comments, <laughs> even if they're not questions. We've gotten oh, a com- lot of, yeah. we've gotten a, a lot of responses on the website that are not questions, that are not questions, but at we all. love them all the same. Yes. So feel free to just talk to yes. us as you're listening Ooh. and send it in. That's what I, what I would love you to do. If you listen to this at work or wherever you listen to and you have a computer all, in the all, car right there in outer space. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, true, true. But I'm saying in front of a computer if you're listening, pull up the tab to the website and literally just type stuff in there and send it to us cuz yeah. cuz that's what we want to see. We want it's kind of hilarious when you guys send in your stream of consciousness thoughts on the website form. Real-time feedback is the best way for us to adjust. It really is. It really is. Mm-hmm. Um, so Devin says that we are totally forgetting about Lauren B. So great call by Devin during the week because we kind of didn't mention Lauren B at all. And now Lauren B is, is a front runner ranking. So, uh, Devin might be a a visionary when it comes to this television show. The Oracle of Ben Higgins. So, uh, we have a few more write-ins that we'll get to in a moment, but that's on the next topic, which we'll get to now, which is making a murderer. So I'll start. You can start. I'm so over it. I'm done with making a murderer. It's it, it's over. Yeah, get it is, over it. it. It is over, but it is actually not over now. I know. For those of you who haven't heard, there is a season two of Making a Murderer. This is this news hasn't exploded yet. I don't know how it hasn't because it's kind of shocking. I didn't I did not expect a season two. There will be a season two of Making a Murderer on the same case and the same subjects and everything. Um, so for those of you who missed it, which I assume is mostly all of you, um, Dateline NBC ran a special on. I believe it was Friday night, so not a and great not a great TV viewing time. Derek watched and it. I watched it on demand on Sunday. Sure you did. Um, I watched it on demand on Sunday. Uh, I was watching the Celtics crush the Magic on Friday. Oh, yeah, um, sweet dude. <laughs> so 
uh, on Sunday, I watched the Dateline NBC on demand, and I highly recommend you do not watch it. Yeah, don't uh, do it. If, especially I, I caught glimpses of it. And if you, if I will say this, if you didn't watch Making a Murderer and you want a one-hour summary of it, watch the Dateline NBC special because that's what it was. It was a one-hour summary of Making a Murderer. Uh, the very end of it revealed a little bit of new information, um, but it wasn't much. I mean, I mean, basically to give you guys the complete rundown is that. Stephen Avery now has one of the best appeals lawyers in the United States working for him to work on his appeal. And during the Dateline NBC show, they interview her and they ask her, you know, do you think you have some some new evidence that will free Stephen Avery? And she says yes. Uh, she kind of hints That's at the fact that... That's what she has that, to say. Yeah. And she kind of hints at the fact that... You've been that had, Derek. It, it, she hints at the fact that it's scientific advances and all this. So. No. You, she, she. I'm just saying what they are. What season two is, I is supposedly going to be about is is that this oh. new appeals lawyer is the best in the in the country, and is going to be putting this case back on the front runner again. So he just happens to get a lot of the best lawyers. He right? does. He does. Well, this somehow they got some funding for this again. The way that he got the funding from his original suit uh, to get Buting and Strang, he got some funding from an Innocence Project or a new yeah. some new thing. Um, I don't know how he got the funding for it, but he got the funding to get this appeals lawyer. So I assume that's going to be spearheading season two. Uh, and season two, I don't want to watch it is going to be so different because it's, it's not it? all the, I'll probably watch it. Ugh. Um, it's, it's not all the original footage, you know, I mean all the original footage, I assume most of it was in season one. So like, I don't know what season two is going to take on as a life of its own, but uh, it'll be interesting. We'll have to bring Kenny back on when season two comes around because yeah. Kenny's the. We'll talk to you. In, we had a lot of good feedback in, on in the eight Kenny months, interview. Kenny. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Kenny, we'll talk to you then. Nothing before then. Yep. Um, so yeah, we'll see. Maybe Edward Edwards makes an appearance. Uh, you never know. So uh, a lot of interesting uh, no, developments. Not in interesting two. developments. No interesting uh, developments. And, you know, things that a lot of people are looking forward Actually, to. Actually, zero so. developments, and no one's looking forward to it. <laughs> you're you're trying to make so, this a thing, and I don't want it to well, be. Agree to disagree. All so, right. Well, classic. Um, some reader reaction, which even though no one is interested in it, several people wrote in about making a murder. Uh, season um, two? Uh, of season one. Oh, there um, you go. People are interested so, in season one. So let me see here. Uh, so from Brett, we say uh, Bobby Dassey and Ryan Hillegas uh, that was selling the twenty two cal are definitely responsible. They only corroborate each other and do a poor job. I also think Halbach's brother is a creep and was definitely deleting voicemails. That was a. I agree with him that that was something weird. I mean, all, this whole thing is just pick which thing you think is the most corrupt and then right. hold on to it. Like, there's so many different pieces you can latch on to, and it makes it makes almost zero sense. Um, so, I mean, maybe season two will do that for us. Um, I doubt it because it's a real life case. Right. So, it, it, yeah, we're gonna end feeling the same because we don't actually and the, and know there's a strange conflict of interest that goes on with real life cases because now w- what jury is not partial now that that, go- that goes into any appeal court that mm-hmm. that is going to see this trial again so that's one of the other big problems that a lot of people have brought up with shows like this um second email comes from amy which says if you guys have watched criminal minds you know that serial killers love to insert themselves into an investigation i think kenny solved the case um, and then a, she has a few more thoughts about The Bachelor, which we've moved on from. But, <laughs> um, but she predicts that Amanda is going to pull ahead later on, so I forgot to mention that. Oh. Um, so there's Amy's thoughts. Uh, and then Devin had uh, some thoughts on making a murderer as well, which is saying Stephen Avery is not smart enough to have hidden the amount of evidence that he would have had to get rid of. 
she asks, have you heard the Edward Wayne Edwards theory, which uh, for those of you who haven't, go back to episode seven. It is Kenny, nuts. Kenny, you got to listen to that interview. Kenny uh, gives a big bomb drop of, of the Edward, Edward Wayne Edwards theory that now has taken over our listenership. I very rarely promote listening to this podcast. <laughs> You should listen to that interview if you if you watch Making a Murder. It's a very good conspiracy theory. Also, listen to all the other episodes because they're great. They're also great too. So, um, and so then Devin also agrees with Brett's sentiment about um, Bobby Dassey and uh, Ryan Hillegas and also the other character Scott, who all showed resentment for Stephen and potentially could have uh, been involved with that. So, the fans have spoken. The fans should continue to speak on any of these topics. Definitely write in your stuff to us. Uh, stream of consciousness right as you're listening we want to hear what you have to say it does not have to be a question just give us your comments and we'll pretend like we're talking to you on we the air, will it's funny we'll pretend like it's the most important thing because that's what matters right it's what matters yeah it's what matters the um, fans the fans are what matter the most more than anything um so then last topic before we move uh, to the final drive is a quick movie hit it's on star wars so uh, I mentioned this topic because I thought it was interesting. I saw an article on it today, uh, and something that, of course, we haven't had our friend Murph on in a while, who is the t- the TV and movie expert. So uh, maybe we'll have to bring him on to talk more about Star Wars and, and in, whether girls like them or not. In 2019, <laughs> when it comes um, out, <laughs> exactly. So Star Wars Episode Nine. Now, this is not the next Star Wars. This episode Eight is coming out in 2017. Episode Nine. Apparently, they already have the director picked for Episode Nine which is Colin Trevorrow. Can't and, wait. And he wants to shoot uh, shoot scenes in outer space, which came out at uh, Sundance Festival this past week uh, on some panel they were doing. And so uh, Colin Trevorrow mentioned that he wants to have some of the scenes shot in outer space if it was possible uh, in IMAX. And uh, Christopher Nolan, who is the director of Interstellar, was on the panel and said that some of Interstellar scenes were shot in outer space, which I didn't know. I figured most of that was CGI. Mm-hmm. Um, so he said that some of those scenes were shot in outer space, and especially with the technology advancing the way it is, you can get some really amazing and, and kind of breathtaking shots of outer space. I, I guess I'm interested to see whether you know it's in outer space, whether it's actually amazing to see or if it just looks like CGI because of how good CGI has become. I think we're moving to an era of movies um, where every movie is shot in outer space, no matter the type be. of movie. It could be. Um, also, side note, um, this is totally random, but it's about outer space. Um, myself and my roommate, Robert Mundo, have a bet who will get to the moon first. I will obviously win because that's the kind of thing I'll do is get to the moon before he does because, duh. Um, so if anyone else wants to uh, help my GoFundMe get Steve to the moon, I haven't actually started yet. I'll probably start in 2019 when... Uh, Colin Trevorrow starts shooting scenes in outer space. Yeah. I'll just be like, hey, I'll, I mean, I'll be the janitor be for that movie. Yeah, I'll be an extra <laughs> in that movie, just walking on the moon. Um, loser of that bet has to get a painting in their master um, living room, in like the grand living room of their house, a big oil painting of the other person on the moon in outer space. There you go. Yeah. So, so that, that high stakes there. So you heard it here first <laughs> and second. Um, I'm going to be on the moon probably before 2019, hopefully. That that would, I might take a a bet against that. Yeah, yeah. Hedge, Before hedge 2019. Your bet. Well, I'm not involved in the original bet. Want to make a bet? I'll bet. I'll bet that you don't get there by 2019. Okay, I'm not taking that bet. No <laughs> deal. All right, time for the final drive. I'll let you start. I'm going first. Go. No matter what, because this is a hot topic I need to talk about. Um, Taco Bell. Yes, it's. I know it's been eight episodes and I haven't mentioned Taco Bell. I, I apologize. This is my final drive. Taco Bell is releasing a new mystery product. Um, there's been mystery press releases, mystery commercials, all this big buildup. If you if you haven't 
heard about it. You're living under a rock because Taco Bell's coming in hot for the Super Bowl. First quarter of the Super Bowl, big Taco Bell reveal. Um, they said the actors who were in the commercial, it's so secretive, they couldn't actually hold the product. They held like a green brick, and it's going to be CGI'd into their hands because they don't want anyone to know what this product is. It's some marriage between some amazing food and some other amazing food, and I'm sure it'll be unbelievable. Um, Doritos Locos Tacos, don't love them, but huge reveal. Apparently made Taco Bell bazillions of dollars. Um, so I think this, whatever it is, is going to be the best thing I've ever eaten, and I can't wait for it, and you shouldn't wait for it either. You can pre-order it. Really? You can pre-order this mystery food. <laughs> um, I'm not going to do that, but... You can't. That my, my, my final drive is, let's get the people excited about this Taco Bell product. Yeah. I'm always excited I'm about excited. Taco Bell. I'm excited. We don't get Taco Bell often. First so. quarter. Yeah. First quarter commercial. That's coming in hot. That, that's big. That's early in the game. It's when everyone's attention is still there. So that's huge. All that's right. it. My final drive is on one of Boston's best traditions, sports traditions, in my opinion, which is the bean pot. Uh, even before we became Boston College alumni and Boston College students before that, I've loved the bean pot. Grew up with it around here, and most most hockey families around here can associate with it. The bean pot is the first two Monday uh, first two Mondays of every February. Uh, the teams rotate around. It's the bean pot schools are are oftenly referred to with that group of four schools: BC, BU, Northeastern, and Harvard. Uh, it's they're they're always grouped together. It's always a rivalry. It's kind of it's one of the things that has hugely spurned the BCBU rivalry over the years, even when they aren't both phenomenally good, uh, which they have been for a lot of their hockey histories, especially recently. Um, so it's just a huge, huge event, and we're now here in the North End. We didn't notice it as much today, but I think on next Monday, this place is going to be buzzing because the Beanpot Final is next Monday between BC and BU after both teams won tonight. So uh, huge, huge tradition, hugely important tradition for the hockey community around here. Uh, and we've obviously become a part of it after going to BC. So very excited for the Eagles to face the Terriers. Uh, next week, the night that we're recording the podcast, it'll be happening. So we'll see what happens there. But big, big win for us. And yes, go. Um, I have a question. What about the podcast? The podcast is on Monday nights. Right. Are we going to go to the game? I was just thinking that. Maybe we have to do it live from the game. No, <laughs> that would not Not happen. doing it live from no. the game. Maybe, we'll, we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk with the fans. We'll maybe maybe the we fans. release a Monday morning podcast next week instead of a... No, no way we're doing that. No Super way. Super Bowl on Sunday. Nice we'll think try. about it. Yeah. We'll, we'll think about what we're going to do. Maybe a delay. Maybe a one-day delay next week. We'll talk about it, Derek. We'll talk. We'll talk. We don't have to figure it out now. We won't figure it out now. So that's all we have for Episode 8 of You Heard It Here Second. We hope you guys loved our guests, loved our segments today, and hopefully we can continue to provide more quality coming up in the future. So thanks again to Rich Homie Frog, the sponsor for today's episode. Visit him at rich underscore homie underscore frog on Instagram. And we will see you guys. And thanks again to our guest, Sam Vasquez. Vasquez Unbelievable interview, fun times all around. Maybe the best episode, Team Taco Bell. Team Taco Bell. See you guys next week. Later.